Hello there. You are listening to At The Well, the weekly Bible podcast that helps you see yourself in the stories of Scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. And we're delighted that you're joining us for this week's discussion, this week of a, an, an inauguration. That's, that's whatever. Uh, the NBA season is carrying on. That's whatever. Steph Curry, best player in my, in my, of all time for me, broke another three-point record. That's whatever, even though I love him dearly. Love you, Dad. But the big story of this week, gentlemen, is the continuation of WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. We have not discussed this. Are, are we current or are we in the process of getting current? Kelsey and I finished the third episode last night. Okay, so I am dropping Netflix this week, and I'm moving on to Disney Plus because dropping <laughs> one streaming service, picking up I, another. I tag have to. <laughs> Disney Plus. If you want to sponsor this podcast, I mean, you you don't need our <laughs> services. You've got all the money, but if you right. want to, but we don't have the to. money. So yeah, so because not just because of Wandavision, but I also saw the trailer for. Uh, Red Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm. and oh my gosh, that looks like it's going to be so good as a mini series. I, I'm yeah, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I need yep. to drop. I need. I, in fact, after we're done recording today, I will make that move. You heard it here first, Disney Plus. He is openly <laughs> banishing the other streaming services for yours. You could just sponsor this podcast and get more of that. <laughs> If so, I will maybe not use my brother-in-law's Netflix as much. Let's get things started <laughs> with the question of the week segment. If you'd like to submit a question for us to answer, you can email us at threeguysatthewell at gmail.com. That's the number three. Then guys at the well, all one word and lowercase at gmail.com. Gentlemen, our question of the week is one that I am struggling to remember. <laughs> you'd think I'd be more professional than this by now. What was it? <laughs> COVID hobby that you're continuing into or practice habit that you've that you're going to continue outside once things get quote unquote back to normal there it is thank you Eli <laughs> so yeah. things you want to continue uh their habit or hobby uh post-COVID whatever that is um yeah what do you want to carry into that time I have one playful one and one serious one uh the the playful one is okay so for my mom's birthday this for in 2020, I spray painted her a gift because I, I didn't know what to do. Because usually I make gifts for my mom and typically it's it's art. Um and I love spray painting. It is so cool. It's <laughs> I wanted to tag something so bad, but it's it's so wonderful. It's so freeing. I never want to paint with a brush again. I want to continue that. I want to learn how to like spray paint really, really, really well. And I want to continue doing that. The more serious one is I really got down the practice of um, journaling my prayers. I've been a journaler for all of my life since I was a little boy. Um, And journaling my prayers started when I was in like last couple of years of undergrad. Like this, I've been, I've never been more consistent in it. Um, in the practice than over the past 11 months. And um, it's revolutionized the way I think about the things that I've learned. It's been a lot easier to remember the lessons that the Lord has taught me in life. And it's also like a really crucial way to, I think, help people, or at least talk about my own prayer life with other people who might be struggling in theirs, or just like, it's a way to hold me accountable 
when I pray for things and like may have weakness in certain areas, it's like, no, 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 the Lord is here. He's heard you like stay strong. Yeah. The journaling is, I want to continue that for the rest of my life. Nice. I think for me, I asked Chelsea, I was like, what, 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 what have we started that would be, that we want to continue. And she actually mentioned a good one. Since this started, we have been in more frequent and constant communication with our families um, through like FaceTime, you know, video calls, all that kind of stuff. You know, before the COVID hit, we would maybe talk to Chelsea's parents or see them every, uh, and family every two, three weeks. And my parents even way less frequently than that. Um, now weekly, almost weekly, we are talking or seeing my parents, my sisters and my brother. And, uh, that's just, and spending quality time with them. Uh, and I think despite the, the distance and you know, Chelsea's family is 45 minutes away. My family lives in Michigan. So um, just that constant and frequent quality time, even though it's virtual, I think has been very good, especially for um, Aaliyah to develop a relationship with my family who she's not seeing in person um, and won't see in person as frequently. That's really good when I think connecting better is something that this has all taught us how to do. And it's something we're kind of hopefully we'll be able to take into uh, yeah, whatever comes next. Um, for me, I think similar to, to Eli, more like the hobby front, I've just been trying to write a lot more, whether that's thoughts or just like writing for fun. Um, and it's been helpful, one, for the podcast and like the writing I do here. It's like been good practice to kind of streamline and improve but it's also just been yeah I've just really enjoyed it. it it connects a lot to the parable we're going to talk about today actually um but yeah it's something that's been very life-giving I should say writing and drawing has been very life-giving um and something that I've had more time to embrace as kind of a gift from God not necessarily in like my talent level but just as something that the Lord has kind of given me to enjoy and to like productively and like in a way that's edifying, like use time. Um, so continuing to pursue those things and like, like I have a, a tracker that I print, I tr try to print off every once in a while to like track like what, it, like what kind of stuff am I writing, whether it's stuff that's just, yeah, for fun. Like I'm, I've been working on this like adventure novel for a year now, or whether it's writing about like discipleship and specifically on issues of race or more serious things like giving that more time um because like it's something the lord has very consistently met me in and shown me like this is something that uh there's rest for me in it also work to do in um so i guess taking that out of there and figuring out you know whenever we're back to going back to work in person um and whenever things pick up again how do i do that appropriately in a way that like, honors god but is also consistent with like family life and not just like disappearing uh and being like absent for for sandy just to like write stuff which i know that if i'm not careful i could accidentally do um so like learning to weave that into life is something that's like a gift that god has given me to you know enjoy and like meet him in yeah looking forward to that as we i don't, I don't know where the situation will be once this comes out um but hopefully things have progressed with the vaccine distribution and you're listening to this in better times than January 24th, 2021, where things are still pretty uh, rough. But yeah, insofar as you can, 
let's continue to be considerate of our neighbors to wear masks, social distance, and put one another in the best position to be healthy as we soldier on uh, through this pandemic. So this week's passage is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. If you have your Bibles and you aren't driving, you can start turning there now while I set the scene. In a teaching session largely focused on the end times and the difference between good and wicked servants, Jesus preaches this parable to further strike a tone of vigilance and preparation for the coming kingdom. From this story, we can derive a great lesson for how the Lord wants us to steward all that he has given us. He who has ears, let him hear. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought another five talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you, did, you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gentlemen, what can we learn from this parable? So while I was reading this, um, I was thinking, okay, Lord, what's the real world application of this parable, of this allegory you put together? And I thought, okay, your disciples might be thinking that they're not particularly gifted enough or that you haven't given them enough to invest in the work that you've called them to um, or like to accomplish a task that you put in front of them. And so they would rather hide away rather than do the work that you've called them to. On a similar note of like, what's the practical application, um, different kind of revealed truth. Um, obviously, we are those those servants that the parable is is talking about, um, and so I asked. I was asking the question as I read this: What is the property that God entrusts to us? Um, and and the more I thought and prayed through it, the more I realized that it's Himself. It's it's His presence through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's His real presence in our lives. And then 
I was thinking how that's not just, that's obviously for our personal benefit. It's for our salvation, but it's not just for that because earlier in Matthew chapter five, Jesus calls his followers on what they're supposed to be, which is light to the world. So I think I was kind of connecting it just like the parable um, calls the servants or there's a, there's a call to invest the property that is given to them. Um, there, I think there's a call to invest God's presence that we have in our lives as his followers um, and produce gains and fruit. And I think that looks different for every single person. I don't think that there's like one kind of common, well, there is a common thread, love God and, and love neighbor. But like, how does that practically play out? Um, it, I think it depends on the gift and talents, pun and absolutely intended, uh, personalities, vocation, mission, whatever, whatever it is um, that God has specifically given us in our, our spe- specific situations. But I, I was struck by what is that property, that property in air quotes. I think it's God's presence in us. And how does that play out? Well, it's going to look differently, but we're called to, to kind of invest and bring fruit from the reality that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, that we are temples of the living God. Um, and, uh, and that the reality that um, people are supposed to encounter Christ when they encounter us. Amen. Yeah, I, I really like this parable. It speaks a lot of just my own like processing of vocation and just stuff that uh, I'm doing and like wanting to steward things to God. Like, there's a lot in this parable that I got. It kind of sits with me. Um, There's a friend of ours, uh, Nicole was once talking to me and she said like she had either heard in a sermon or just was like thinking about it and had this she had this image of heaven of like you know when when we arrive home like when we arrive at heaven it's not like as the it is a obviously a glorious like home going and like arrival but from like an earthly perspective it's not just this oh yeah I ran the race and I'm uh like at the end of it I'm just in like top condition and like shiny and all this stuff but it's like yeah like getting to heaven is like just falling over the finish line um and being like exhausted and like spent um from like what we've uh kind of sown on earth and kind of this sense of like yeah there should be there and she kind of arrived at this like there should be nothing left um for when we cross over from our earthly like inhabitants to like our heavenly home And that's always stuck with me. And I think about it a lot with this parable and just like the word of being spent. And like, I, like, I, I want my life to progress in a way that I'm giving, like I'm sowing and giving like what I have in a way where I, there's nothing left. Like I want to be able to greet the Lord at the end of my life and say, this is, I don't have anything uh, left that you gave me because I invested it in these different ways. Um, I think uh, it's similar to something I don't have the, the quote pulled up, but um, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who played the Black, Black Panther, who tragically passed away last year, said something similar well before he died, where he says, "I wanted like meet God basically with like nothing left and be able to say I used everything that you gave me," and like that that notion is something that I, I think about a lot and like kind of drives. Um, different pursuits and things that I'm like uh, learning how to do. But it's also, there's something so beautiful in that. And it speaks against the Lord's goodness because 
the Lord like gives like these talents, gives us these talents to invest, but they're also so like in this um, example, obviously they're just like money. And so it's something that you just kind of invest as money, but like in the practical application of it, it's stuff that he specifically kind of gives us that is unique to us and like ways to influence the kingdom and way or ways to like bring about God's kingdom. That is like so unique to like the God given like interests and desires that he has for us. Like, uh, like Charles, you have an interest in like business and marketing and like you've used that and invested it in doing like campus mission. Like Eli, you have an eye for like art and color and beauty. And like, you've used that not just in architecture, but in stuff with this podcast and just in the way that you see life. And it's like, God is so good that he gives us these desires, these talents, and then kind of charges us with going and finding ways to use them for his glory. But there are also things that we really enjoy. Like, it's not just, oh, go do this thing that you find to be like really like awful um, or really challenging, although sometimes it is. It's like, go use what I have given you to bring about my kingdom. And I just, I love that. There's, it's, it's, and it's shown in what he says to the servants who had five and two talents and like invest in him. He says, enter into the joy of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So there's something there about using everything that we have and not holding back is something that is joyous, that yeah, is expensive and is tiring at times. But ultimately, when the master receives us, it is joyous. There's something like to joy to be had in spending yourself for the sake of God and for the sake of the kingdom. And I, I think that's just a really beautiful way to imagine God giving us whatever talents we have uh, to use for his glory and our good. Yeah, I love, I love what both of you have said. Um, I, I particularly resonated with what you said, Charles. Um, this notion that like, we're called to be partners with God and an encounter with us should be an encounter with God. Like it, it should be, um, or like God's presence should be perceptible in some way, shape or form through us, right? Since we are called to be like Christ. Um, and so like this notion that God calls us into, into partnership with him in building his kingdom, spreading the gospel um, and making sure that people know the truth. It hit me like, God understands his worth and knows knows how sufficient he is. And so he's so the 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 landowner, the the wealthy man in this parable who is God, who's handing out these talents, is so angry with this servant who has refused to invest. Um and it, responding to the command that God gives us to, you know, be in the world and to um, spread his gospel um, will bring us out of our comfort zone. Yes, I, I agree, Jarrell, there is joy in it because the Lord equips the called. Um, he, he, he does want to make sure that we have this, this variety of skill, to, skill sets, this utility belt. There's so many different fruits of the spirit, there's so many different gifts that he offers us, right? But there's also this, like, we don't actually have a right to say no to God. Like, that's not a thing we can we can do it, but that doesn't mean that it's it's a good thing. We don't have a right to that, and so if we're unwilling to learn from God, um, that means we're not actually disciples. And learn because learning is what disciples do. And if we're unwilling to do work, then that means that we're not actually servants. And that's what, what we're called to be. Um, and if you're un and if you're able and unwilling, um, like if you're not a disciple and you're not a servant. 
I will go so far as to say that you're not actually a Christian. Um, we can't be wicked and lazy and also claim Christ. Um, and so like, there's, there's something beautiful about this, this parable, but there's also something incredibly convicting about the fact that um, the landowner at the end of this says, you wicked and lazy disciple and throws him out into the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, which consistently throughout scripture represents being thrown out of God's presence, also called hell, right? There's like this very grave thing about this where like doing God's work is definitely good. Resisting the invitation has incredible implications, not just for your life on this side of eternity, but also for your soul eternally. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And another thing that struck me in terms of per practical application is that the response that Jesus has to the first two servants is the same. And, but their productivity is different, but his response is the same. And, and I was meditating on that. And I think for me, it displays the importance of faithfulness in utilizing what God has given us and not focusing on the total amount earned or produced. Because why did, I was like, why, why did the, the master throw, throw out the, the third servant who did nothing? It wasn't because he was looking for a certain sum. He was looking for the, the mentality of what are you doing with what I've given you? And, and it, you know, we see in the response from the first two that it wasn't about the productivity. It was about what did you do? You, you took what I gave and you produced fruit from it. You took what I gave and you did nothing. And that is unacceptable. Um, and so I, I think there's there's something there about like we can look, I can look at Eli, the way that you view the world and your beauty and, and the beauty that you perceive and behold. I can look at Jarrell, your creativity, your innovation, and 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 we're like, why don't I have those gifts? Why can't I, why can't I be like that and use that for the for the bringing about the kingdom of God? I could do that, or I could say. I don't have those gifts, but I have other gifts. I have other things the Lord has given me to do. And I'm going to do those to the best of my ability and, and, and praise God for the work that he's doing in and through you and the gifts that he's given you guys and, and folk and, and, and focus on like, how can I use what I have to bring uh, that I am following in the, uh, as a disciple of the Lord and others can um, hopefully see Christ in me. Um, and so I was also thinking how this is, there's something about there. It's not just about intentional mission. Like I, I work in, in, in the mission mission field, uh, but it's not just about that. It's, it's not just about living or working in intentional mission, but intentionally being missional every day in our lives. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for kind of teasing those points out, Charles. I think they're super important in that, you know, there's intention behind there being a servant with five talents, two talents, one talent. And it's not to say that like this person was just better or anything like that. It's to say that everyone has a different, has different things that like the Lord gives them to do. And that looks different. And that's a good thing. Like I was thinking about a friend of ours who does, he's like a data scientist, Rob, I miss Rob. Rob, if you're listening to this, we miss you. Um, but he, he, like he, does his job is something that like I would not in a million years find interesting but like that's his thing and he really digs it 
Um, or so whether that's vocation or whether that's missional, like whatever, wherever we find ourselves, wherever our fields are in which to influence, you know, the Lord gives his people purpose. And I think so much of in the way that we think about life, whether you are a Christian or not a Christian, there's so much of people just desiring purpose that when there's this affirmation of when you are in Christ, like you have that. It may not look the same as this person or that person, but in Christ, everyone has purpose. Everyone has talents that are given to them that the Lord entrusts to them to say, go and invest this. And so it's, there's almost this affirmation and comfort of just going and doing what we can with what we have, knowing that, like you said, Eli, the Lord knows his worth and he knows um, what he's about. But this sense that this is good, this is joy that God has for us to walk in. Like I usually reference Ephesians 2 a lot on this, that we are God's workmanship created um, for good works that Christ prepared beforehand for us to walk in. And like, there's a joy in entering into this, not necessarily to turn a profit in like the strictest sense, but just to enter into the joy of the Lord in experiencing him in using our talents for the good of the kingdom. And so it's like, like you said, Eli, it's kind of an imperative of like, if you are in Christ, you have purpose and he wants you to use what he's given you for that purpose. And it's not sufficient to just kind of acknowledge it, but then to decide not to. Also, I just, <laughs> there's, well, I'm wondering what you two think about, maybe as a last note, but like, I'm wondering what you two think about what the one talent servant who didn't do anything with it says about, it, it almost seems kind of rude. Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have it. What is yours? Um, but like, his assessment of God's character almost seems a little bit, a little um, off to me. And God repeats in, in like, God in this repeats it back to him, um, but like as a way to describe himself. But it seems, it seems like the servant is almost assessing God as if whatever the fruits of my labors are in God's name aren't, des like, aren't, aren't deserved by him. I don't know, maybe I'm stretching that, but the language of it seems like reaping where you have not sown. It's like, well, God is sowing everywhere. And if you're, because we're God, we're, we're Christ's body. That's what, that's what the church is. And so where he, where we are, he is, if we're a part of his body, therefore we're the ones doing the work, but like, that's ultimately God doing work. We're partners with him in that. And so to almost say like, I am not a part of like the things mm -hmm. I do aren't yours to earn is off. I don't know. What do you all think about that? Maybe I'm going too far. No, I'm glad you brought that up. I like, I don't quite know what to make of it other than, yeah, it's a, it's a not clear understanding of who God is. Right. And, I think so. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I think I'm giving not, yourself too much credit almost like it's, Oh, it's, it's my work. It's like, no, it God with you. God right. with you. It's like, you're asking me to do this. So this is like my thing as opposed to like, you know, you already have good for me to like walk in here and I'm just kind of participating in that. Right. Yeah, no, I, yeah. So I guess what would that be? Now let, let Charles time in here. What would be like a, I think a real world parallel of that. Like, what does it look like in today, like today to be the servant with the one talent 
who one is kind of, you know, passive aggressively questioning God's character, but also is like maybe taking a responsibility over their talents that is beyond them. Like, what do you think a modern day equivalent of that is? First thing that jumps to mind is self-reliance. Mm. Um, you know, there's the scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's another passage that says, we can do nothing. I'm going to really botch this up. Uh, you guys know what scripture I'm talking about? Like, um, Some other vine in the branches? Yeah, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Um, so there's, yeah, there, there's something wrong with that mentality. So that's what I think of, like, this wrong mentality. And to your point, Sherelle, there's, you know, I... I, you know, I have a sense of purpose, which is great because I'm a disciple of Christ, but I'm going to achieve that purpose by my, by grinding my teeth, pulling myself up from that bootstraps and on my own, something really off about that. And that's like me, that's my tendency is like, I can do this. I'm going to, I'm going to work this out. I'm going to do this through, you know, my pride and, and all these things. And I think that could be a tendency that's like, um, nope, we need the Lord. Um, and scripture says that he will be with us as we go through our life and that we need him as we go through our life and to kind of dismiss and reject that is like this really upside down kind of view of, of who God is and who we are. <laughs> Agreed. Said it beautifully. Yeah. I think Mayor, our last point here, I think it also reads as, and I also could be reading too much into this, but it could be a mask for insecurities and kind of the servant clearly knowing like I have this talent, clearly knowing generally what is expected because the other servants did it, um, but just kind of sitting on it and like choosing to do that where uh, others maybe didn't. And then kind of when approaching the master, like, well, so because of this and because of that, like kind of maybe being, again, reading way into uh, this, but kind of using this mischaracterization of God's, uh, of God as a smokescreen to hide insecurities. Like, well, why, like what actually kept you from like investing your talents? What actually kept you from doing this? And so I think sometimes there's a fear that can mask itself there where kind you said, Charles, like, because I'm not, I don't, I'm not like this person or that person, it's safer to me or less embarrassing or risky for me to just kind of sit on what I've got and then to kind of explain it away with like, Oh, it's because God is this or God's not that um, as a way of just kind of being like, well, it's, it's not me. It's not like my own, like either disobedience or fears or insecurities. It's like a bigger thing. Uh, that has more to do with God. And I think, you know, when we find ourselves in any state of sin, uh, in this case would be disobedience, I think we can, ju we can justify it to ourselves in any kind of way. So I think there's a certain vigilance we need to have to recognize that we aren't blaming God for the reasons we're not investing our talents in his kingdom. And that is all for this week. Thanks so much for listening. You can check us out at atthewell.podbean.com. We upload new episodes every Monday on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Three Guys at the Well. And if you want even more content and would like to help this podcast grow, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash at the well for exciting new bonus content. We'll talk to you next week here at the well. <laughs>